Hello, and welcome to I Missed It. I'm Chase, and I'm here with Ryan. Hi. So, it's understandably been a minute. Yes, it has. Um, so I guess the first thing that we're going to address, uh, Ryan, how are you doing? I am surviving. Mm-hmm. Uh, every day is still very hard. Um, but I've got a really good support system around me. I've got family. Um, and I've got our two kids to take care of. So it's good to have other things to focus on for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, in the long run, I'll be okay. But it's a long, long road ahead. So for uh, for those who are listening later or just kind of need a reminder of like kind of the time frame that we're working with, it's been about three months since Brittany passed. And mm-hmm. um, we are going to talk about what comes next because uh, you may notice this episode is maybe a little long for a normal just kind of check in just to see what's going on and what's coming up next. Uh, it's because that Ryan and Brittany actually had some backlog, um, and we are going to be putting those out for you all uh, so that we have that out there in the ether, that the work that she did does not go unenjoyed. Um, they will be coming out both this and next week. Is that right, Ryan? I believe that that's the plan, yeah. They're all edited and ready to go. We just got to... Get them finalized and released. So yes, in true uh, in true stage manager fashion, Brittany was uh, very on top of making sure we always had another episode or two in the can, just in case. Uh, and I'm very very grateful to have had uh, had more of her voice to listen to. So uh, we do have two more. Uh, so the first one will be uh, Buffy season three episode six. Uh, which is Band Candy, which is just a weird episode. It's basically <laughs> Buffy, but Grease and all the parents uh, eat the bad band candy and they uh, turn into their the teenage version of themselves. <laughs> it's a good time. Anthony Stewart Head is basically just John Travolta from Grease, but also if he was in like Peaky Blinders or something, like it's okay. weird and I'm here for it. All right. I don't, all right, all right. I don't remember if I was here for it the first time, but the rewatch has been interesting. Um, and then we also have, uh, the following episode seven revelations, uh, where we were just starting to get into all of the watcher lore. We meet another watcher. Uh, there's a lot more faith. There's a lot more Slayer stuff. Um, and it was just starting to ramp up and that would have been the last episode that we watched. So, uh, on that note, um, uh, not going to continue with the Buffy rewatch um, because it's no longer a rewatch for me. Uh, so, um, yeah, we're going to move forward with the show at some point, probably in a couple of months. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've got some ideas. I've got some thoughts. Chase and I have been talking about some things. Oh, yeah. So the show will continue uh, in one form or another. Uh, and then hopefully one day, um, you know, maybe me and the kids will sit down to watch Buffy and talk about it and finish what mom started. Uh, you know, that can be a pipe dream later down the road. Uh, all of the back catalog, as I'm thinking of the first, what, 44 episodes of this show at this point, yeah. uh, will remain up and on this feed um, in perpetuity. Uh, and we will move forward 
uh, with a slightly different format, mm-hmm. um, still focusing on um, some shows or films that maybe I haven't seen, yep. um, and bringing some friends along for the journey. Uh, but we will get back to that later. So um, stay on the uh, I Missed It Twitter and the Ghostlight Twitter, and I'm sure we'll have more information coming eventually here. Um, but for now, uh, enjoy uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> Welcome to I Missed It, the podcast where we watch and talk about a show that one of us wanted to watch again and the other one missed entirely. I'm Ryan, and I missed it. And I'm Brittany, and I didn't. And we are on Buffy Season 3, Episode 6, Band Candy. Adults throughout Sunnydale behave like immature teenagers after they eat cursed candy. That's it? That's it. <laughs> okay. That's all that happens. That was fun. Yeah. That was fun. It feels like one of those uh, episodes that doesn't actually have to happen. Yeah. But everybody had a lot of fun making it. I would probably give it like an eight. Like, it's one of those that I'd watch again. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I gave it an eight. I really struggled with like seven and a half or an eight just because there's parts I like most of it. And then there's parts where I'm like, like the whole sacrificial thing I literally don't care about. But every other part of this episode I like. Yeah, they just randomly decided to shove sacrificing babies into the end of this episode right like i didn't care at all about the demon or any of that but... right and they had a giant snake demon in the sewers mm-hmm. and that cgi was not good no but it looked like a snake though it did look like a snake as opposed to a demon yeah imdb does give this an 8.8 which seems a tad high yeah but it's different and fun it's weird because it still feels like buffy but it's just hey we're gonna turn everything on its head real quick Mm -hmm. everybody's a teenager and go yep and it worked other times that buffy does things like that where they're like hey we're gonna take this one concept and flip it and it just doesn't work yeah this one did so how well did you remember this one pretty decently well um, I remember the beginning where Giles is helping Buffy prep for the SAT while also patrolling. They're like in the graveyard and they're studying, but then Buffy has to stop because there's a vampire. Mm-hmm. She breaks her pencil. She does. She does uh, kill him with a pencil. Yeah. And then she is very happy because it means no more studying. Yeah. Pencil's gone. Yes. Because apparently if you stab a vampire with a pencil, the pencil does break. I would imagine so. It would break the lead. The lead is not the thing doing the slang. No. But it is the pointy end. Yes. So how does that work? What do you mean? You're not stabbing the vampire with wood. I mean, you are. Eventually. (laughs) Yes. All right. So if a vampire gets a splinter, does it die? No, it would have to be in its heart. So if a vampire gets a splinter on its chest, it dies? I guess. Huh. I don't know how it would get a splinter on its chest unless it's being stabbed. Well, you know, Angel doesn't wear a shirt often, and if he's around a construction site... I imagine he'd put a shirt on if he went around a construction site. I don't know. It is Angel. 
Yeah, I don't know. Speaking of Angel, Angel sighting. Yes. He is here. He is in his uh, contractually obligated two minutes. He fulfills that two minutes and is not seen again. <laughs> this must have been the greatest like run of weeks for David Boreanaz, because this is now the sixth episode, and he's had like a scene. Like, a day of work in all of them so far. Yeah, well, except for that one episode where Buffy first saw him back. He had, like, three scenes. He did have more in that. Yeah. I'm just imagining that he's doing press or doing, um, like, filming for Angel. He's gotta be. And you've gotta do it now because eventually he's gonna come back and you're gonna need him. Yeah. But we see him uh, doing Tai Chi, I think. I think it was Tai Chi. Maybe. I don't know. Some kind of like uh, meditative Mm -hmm. uh, uh, stance work. Kataz maybe might be the right word. I'm not sure. It was very um, Iron Fist Mm -hmm. with the centering and the the monkness of it. Uh, Very uh, Avatar Last Airbender. Uh, And it really just made me, one, kind of want to watch the Netflix Iron Fist Defenders series of, of TV shows again, but also made me want David Boreanaz to play Iron Fist, and maybe that TV show would not have been as uh, lackluster as it was. This is not a series of shows you watched, but... I mean, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. The Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, oh. Iron Fist, and I'm, then they all yeah. came together and made a series. Yes, I didn't, didn't watch any of those. I've uh, seen Daredevil the movie. <laughs> It is wildly different. I imagine. But Buffy brings him pig's blood. Well, they don't say it's pig's blood. It's from the butcher. And they have an awkward conversation. And then they move on. Yep. That is our angel sighting. (laughs) The end. He is getting better, although he has lost some of that clothing from last episode. So I don't know if he's actually getting better. He says he's getting better. He'll be fully back to better when he's wearing a... uh, black button up in a black trench coat yeah then he'll be fine we'll get that eventually um buffy did lie to joyce and giles buffy's lied to everyone yep i literally wrote a note down that says it says buffy has to lie to someone and she got rid of scott <laughs> yeah so now it's giles and joyce's turn to be lied to right well she made it a point in one of the episodes recently after Angel came back that she was not going to tell anyone he was back. Yes. And it is important. And they've actually done a decent job of sticking to that. I keep waiting for it to no longer be the case, but they're really letting Angel have to get better. Yeah. Which is good. Uh, His soul was taken away from him and he was sent to hell. And his soul was returned to him and then he was brought back from hell all kind of at the same time. Yeah. So. But he was in hell for hundreds of years. Yes. Would you like to talk about Giles and Joyce now? (laughs) Sure, let's talk about Giles and Joyce. Did you remember this? You saw this coming. You knew this was a thing. All of it. Does it keep going? No. Because they don't remember. They do remember. They everybody do rem- remember. Everybody remembers everything that happened. Everybody okay. remembers. 
Okay. Because the, yeah. sometimes people don't remember what happens. Yeah. Sometimes they do, and it's hard to keep track. They kind of don't really tell you that they remember. There is an episode where Buffy, something happens to Buffy, and she can read people's minds, and she reads Joyce's mind, ah. which tells her that she remembers. Gotcha. And we just don't talk about it. Yeah. Which might be the most Buffyverse answer. Yeah. Hey, remember this crazy thing that happened that everyone remembers? Yeah, we just don't talk about it. Yeah. I really enjoyed Anthony Stewart Head, as always. He's incredible. The man can act more with a cigarette than mm-hmm. most other people can even hope to dream of. Yes. It's incredible. He's very, very good. However, I was getting uh, big grease energy yes. from a lot of this, and Giles and... Joyce really felt like Danny and Sandy. Yeah. And then he had just the white t-shirt for a while. Um, and then she got that black leather thing. And I was just like, oh, yeah, that's what this is. That's what this feels like. And mm-hmm. a lot of the language, at least from Joyce, was similar. Yeah. And her hair and looked her hair. very similar. Yeah. I wondered if it was purposeful or if that was just their throwback to when they would have been teenagers. Yeah. Because it kind of works both ways. Yeah. Well, I'm wondering if it was intentional because that's how Joyce's hair looks all the time. Mm-hmm. And it was, hey, your hair looks like this all the time. We're doing this on purpose for you. It worked. It yeah. was very good. It was compelling. Yes. But it felt like grease in a good mm-hmm. way. Just with significantly less music. Yes. A similar amount of car racing, though. Well, yeah, like you do. Uh, I really appreciated this time because I didn't really pay attention to it ever before. Just how good Giles is or Anthony Stewart Head is in this episode. He's so good. Yeah. Like, he looks like the fifth Beatle at one point. Like, yeah. I was thinking about that and all the mannerisms and the... The guy who just loves his music, and I felt like that we got to see Ripper. Mm-hmm. You know, it was yeah. so good. It was so good. Yeah. I read in the trivia, they Buffy makes a comment about the time warp, and in the trivia it says that um, Anthony Stewart Head played Frankenfurter in Rocky Horror on the West End. I had forgotten that. Yes, he did, because he's done everything. Yeah, I didn't know that. That would I had forgotten. That's not the character I would have expected him to play in Rocky Horror. Man of many talents. Yeah. No, I'm impressed. I just I did like the time warp reference though. Yes. It was very good. When the nineties show is making references that's fifteen or twenty years old and it still lands today, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's nice. Side character shout out. I remembered the jingle. <laughs> good job. I forgot, so that's I'm glad I, you I did. I also forgot until I was halfway through it, and then I stuck the landing. <laughs> Miss Barton? Yeah, she is mine, too. <laughs> All right. Talk about Miss Barton. Uh, she is just... I don't think they said what kind of teacher she was, did they? Say, like, what she taught? No, I kind of assumed she was, like, the building sub or something. Gotcha. Maybe. That would make sense. 
but she was just this older woman who came into their study hall and took over and talked about how she wanted to leave. Everybody wanted to leave, but they all had to stay until Snyder left. Because she had eaten some of the bad candy. Yes. The bad band candy. Yes. Um, and then she was at the bronze and called Willow a little tree. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, little tree. Willow, that's a tree. And then she said something and then said, little tree. <laughs> she asked her something it very and good. ended it with little very tree. Good. My favorite thing about Miss Barton is that she's a teacher who did not die in their yeah. episode. Yes. As far as we know, she's still alive. Yeah. She was just wasted. <laughs> uh, my side character shout out is the mailman. Oh, because he was opening the, the mail. The mailman was sitting uh, on the merry-go-round in the park at night, stack of mail in front of him, and he was just opening letter after letter, reading it and chuckling to himself the whole time. And it was delightful. Yes. And it was just like three seconds, but... Gosh, that stuck with me. That was so good. Yeah, it was funny. So funny. Um, I remembered that Buffy was a bad driver. She's a terrible driver. I don't remember if that continues, but I did remember that Buffy was a bad driver. She's the uh, driver that you want in the car chase, but never again. Yeah. Nowhere else. Yes. But I was also confused because she didn't have her license, so how legally was she allowed to drive? No, she's not, but everyone is... 15 right now so it's fine right but also she got a car accident so logically there would have been a cop well uh giles put the cop in a body bag yes. put him in a body bag giles did beat the crap out of that cop though. he did because he stole a coat <laughs> yes well because he broke a window yeah well he and broke then stole a coat he broke a window and then stole the coat and a hat i think there was a hat I think so, too, but then it just disappeared. Um, I do remember Snyder tagging along with them. That was funny. It was delightful. Gosh, you know, all these people just had the best week. Yeah. Right? Like, the shooting this was, like, the best week for them. Also, Xander wasn't in this that much, actually. No. Because they needed to give all the jokes to the adults. Yeah, the Scooby gang wasn't really in it a lot. It was mostly the adults and then Buffy. Snyder uh, said a lot of stupid things. Yeah. And was just delightful. Um, the best thing uh, Snyder did, though, was get incredibly jealous of Oz's hair. Yes. <laughs> which was just great. Because, like, in that moment, it didn't feel like a line being delivered. It felt like um, Armin Shimmerman was just genuinely jealous of Seth Green's hair <laughs> in that moment. That's all it was. Yeah. I think that we've mentioned, or they've mentioned Seth Green's hair multiple times on the show. It's very good. Yes. He would have the best hair on the show if David Boreanaz did not exist. That's fair. Yes. One thing that I did forget about, and apparently it's going to keep going, but I've completely forgot that Mr. Trick is working with the mayor. Mr. Trick is great. He's the best. Yes. He gonna die so bad. So Probably. bad. I honestly couldn't tell you. <laughs> I forgot. He survived multiple episodes, which means his death will be epic. Yeah. Or incredibly disappointing. There's literally no middle ground on this show. No. Maybe he'll die like that vampire, like Pee Wee Herman died in the Buffy movie. <laughs> <laughs> Very long and with a monologue and a squeaky voice. 
Yeah, well, like where he was just moving his body all over the place. Yeah, and it yeah, was convulsions. Yeah, and it didn't make any sense. It was very strange. I also forgot that Ethan was in this episode. Yeah, he kind of came out of nowhere, and he also didn't die. No. And bridges were not burned there between yeah. him and the mayor. So I assume he'll be back as well. Um, I know he is back at one point because there's some, he does something to Giles. What I'm interested in, actually, from this episode for the larger story is that the mayor is not... The mayor's behind the plot to have the bad candy happen so that they can steal the babies so that the babies can be fed to the demon that has to be appeased once every 30 years, right? Like, all of these terrible things are happening, but at the end of the day, it's the mayor trying to do something to keep Sunnydale safe. Yeah. In theory, at least. Yeah. And then at the end... The demon is dead. Yeah. So that's one less demon to appease, basically. I think that's what Mr. Trick says. Yes. The whole thought process there is kind of convoluted to get to, and we really don't actually dive into plot much this episode, because everybody's just having too much fun. But that this is not the mayor trying to do a bad thing. This is the mayor trying to appease the forces in the city, and unfortunately a bad thing must be done to balance that out. Yeah. Which is interesting and different for Buffy, for the Buffyverse. Yeah. Because that's not how the bad guys work. So it's right. very refreshing to see such nuance mm-hmm. being attempted right. in, a, in a bad guy. Right, because right now he seems like, he doesn't seem like a bad guy necessarily. No, he seems like he is going to end up in opposition to Buffy and the Scooby gang just because of the nature of what they all do. Yeah. But not like, he's not actively out to kill the Slayer. No, no. Which is new for this show. Mm-hmm. Because that's what everybody's wanted for forever. Right. Anytime there's a big bad, they're there to kill Buffy. Yes. Or unleash hell. Yeah. Or both at the same time. Yeah. Speaking of trying to kill the Slayer, Faith was not in this, and I was very sad. She was not. I'm pretty positive that she's in the next one. What's your favorite line? Uh, my favorite line was when Snyder says, Everyone expects me to do everything around here because I'm the principal. It's not fair. <laughs> he had a lot of good one-liners, especially after he, uh, he ate the candy. Did they yes. ever explain what was in the candy or how the candy worked? I don't think so. There was just something in it that made everybody think they were teenagers. and they had- Yeah boxes of this stuff. They had a warehouse full of this stuff. They had a box maze full of boxes of these this candy. Yes. Which it looked exactly like the candy that I sold uh, when we went to fifth grade camp. Gotcha. And this is the entire school selling candy so that the marching band can get uniforms or at least that is the line being given by the school board. Yep. And it worked. Yep. This is the SAT's Buffy, not connect the dots. Please pay attention. <laughs> I don't remember him saying that. It was at the very, very, very beginning. It oh, was gotcha. one of the first lines Giles said during gotcha. their study time in the graveyard. 
which was just a nice little touch. Like, Giles actually actively trying to help her with things that are not slang-related. Yeah. We can talk a little bit about the the main crux of this episode, which is not really seen off well or finished up. They spend a lot of time talking about Buffy lying and Buffy not talking to people and Buffy not growing up at the beginning. And then they do the whole immature teenagers thing and then they don't really come back to it. But that was, it was interesting because they're trying to set up adulthood. Yeah. And whatever that looks like. Trying to figure out a way to kind of do that while they're also talking about Buffy ran away. And then yeah. Buffy makes a bunch of really good points to her mother and Giles while they're all arguing. Like, Look, I ran away and I took care of myself all summer. Yeah. I was fine. Yeah. Right? Like, I, you also have me doing all of these things and I don't have that many hours in the day and all yeah. of these things. It was all so that she could still hide Angel, but it was refreshing to see, like, the adults in the room being the ones who were holding back. Yeah. Like, it, 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 and the kid trying to grow up, it's not just, like, fighting against the parents because that's what kids do. It's like, no, actually, there's some there's some points here. Yeah, and it they couldn't have done this episode in any other season. Like, they couldn't have done it season one. They couldn't have done it last season. They had to do it season three because... They, because she's a senior. Because she's she a ran senior. away. Yeah. All of that. Yes, it just makes sense. We've talked about it before that they keep showing Buffy in a position of leadership and a position of authority with someone else to show that she is growing up. And they keep doing it. And it's only episode six and they've done it multiple times already. Yeah, they're really trying. Yeah. Which is good. I'm glad that they're doing it over the course of this whole season so that... We can get used to the idea and it makes sense. Yeah. And then next season is four and she's an adult and yep. adult things can happen. There was one random thing that I noticed and it's probably because I've been watching a lot of Gilmore Girls, but Buffy had a very, very Gilmore Girls sarcastic line when she was talking to Angel. I don't remember what it was, but she came in and was talking to Angel and said something very sarcastic, and it sounded very Gilmore Girls, and didn't sound very Buffy at all. And I was like, what is happening? You've just been watching too much Gilmore Girls. They plucked in Lauren Graham for a hot second, and then took her out. Yeah, which is funny, because Gilmore Girls did not exist yet, right? No, I don't think so. It made me think that um, Jane Esperon, I don't remember what, Jane Esperon, or something like that. It made me wonder if she wrote for Gilmore Girls too. Oh, was she the writer for this one? Yeah, she wrote this episode. And it said in the trivia that this was the first episode of Buffy that she wrote. Gotcha. So I'm, it made me wonder if maybe she also wrote for Gilmore Girls. and The that's writing why. on this episode did feel slightly different mm-hmm. too. They didn't lean into the 90s parlance as much, but they were pulling from the 70s. Yeah. But they were also doing more clever things to get you from one scene to the next with the writing. Okay. Especially with Buffy stacking the lies on the lies on the lies. Like, the scene would end with Buffy saying something, 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 something. My mom doesn't think that. And then we would cut, and it would be her mom saying that. 
And then at the end of that scene, Buffy would say something, 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 Giles. And then it cut to Giles uh, and Giles doing or saying that thing. Like, it, yeah. it just smoothed it over. That sounds like really good storyboarding and collaboration. Yeah, it's just between, good writing. It's yeah, between writing and directing. What it should be. And who Jane, I think her, da- her name is Jane Esperdon or something like that. Um, she is... I, I'm, Jane Espenson. Yes, she writes, I'm almost positive, for the rest of Yes, Buffy. she writes for the rest of Buffy. She was a writer on Game of Thrones. She wrote uh, for... She wrote 30 episodes of Once Upon a Time. Uh, Jessica Jones, Warehouse 13, 66 episodes. She's the creator of Warehouse 13. She's the creator of Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, which only lasted one season. She wrote for Torchwood. She did write Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 8, the motion comic. Yes, because Angel and Buffy both extend just into, like, graphic novels and comics. Sure, yeah. She did also write on Dollhouse, which was another Joss Whedon. Yeah, that has the Eliza um, Dushku show. I think I watched one episode of that. Uh, Oh, here you go. She did write two episodes of Gilmore Girls. It sounded like Gilmore Girls. It doesn't say exactly which ones, but she did write two episodes of Gilmore Girls. She writes three episodes of Angel Probably and one episode seven. of Firefly as well. So she works with Joss Whedon often. Yeah. one more thing we have to talk about okay is it the dozy cow and the fact that we're still insulting people by calling them a something cow no it's the <laughs> it's the incredibly awkward foot sex where they're wearing the same shoe where they're wearing the same shoe but different colors yes willow and xander <laughs> are doing foot stuff under the table where no one can see especially cordelia because that's the important thing. Uh, yeah. But they are, uh, their feet are on top of each other. They are sitting very far away from each other. Like, it does not compute. Yeah. Even, I'm going to guess that they were probably... They're different shots. Like, they're doing they different are. things. And it's on purpose. Yeah. But it stuck out to me. Yes. I think my favorite part of that scene was when <laughs> they... Cordelia said something, and they moved away from each other, and Xander hit his knee on the table, because you can literally see it in Nicholas Brendan's eyes that he just smacked his knee on that table, but he can't tell anyone. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was, it, was, a good, it was a good moment. It was, it was a good so talk. funny. It was not acting. It was just, oh man, didn't mean to do that. Yeah, it was real good. Or it was acting, and he's just real good. It probably was an accident, though. This brings us to our final segment of the show, Ryan predicts poorly. I predict that (laughs) we will, in the next episode, see Faith attempt to murder Angel. Because he is a vampire. Yeah. And he must die. And we didn't get Faith this episode. Yeah. And I mostly just want more Faith. Okay. And that's where I'm at. Thanks for listening to this episode of I Missed It. You can find us on Twitter at I Missed It Pod. And check out our media network at ghostlightmedia.net. You can find our merch store and our Patreon. 
right there, as well as all the other fine, fine shows on the network. Um, leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcast or Spotify or wherever else you listen to us on. Please, please do. This has been Buffy Season 3, Episode 6, Band Candy. I'm Ryan. And I'm Brittany. And don't forget, if you buy something pre-Columbian, you get a free cavity. <laughs> yeah. Buffy was trying to sell the candy. This has been a Ghostlight Media production.